Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I want to welcome you to the new and improved Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast. After many years of interviewing the best and brightest thought leaders around the world on my SiriusXM show, I am excited to now have those interviews available to people around the globe on this podcast. So many people would write us and say, I love what I've been hearing about your interviews with these great people. Where can I access them? I live in this country or that country, or I don't have access to that technology. How can I get the information? Well, I'm so excited now that we are able to offer the information and the interviews free on this podcast. So we want you to sit back and enjoy this message and let me know how you like them. And then do me a favor. If you like them, send a review, write a review and post it. And if you like it, hit like on here and share it and tell everybody you know about it and then subscribe to this podcast so you'll get the alerts when we post a new interview episode. Thank you for listening and enjoy the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast. Named one of the outstanding five speakers in the world. Inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame. Award-winning singer. Best-selling author. And now, here's Willie Jolly. Well, I have only just a minute, only 60 seconds in it. It's forced upon me. I can't refuse it. I didn't seek it. I didn't choose it. But it's up to me to use it. I must suffer if I lose it. Give account if I abuse it. Oh, just a tiny little minute. But our eternities are wrapped up in it. Good afternoon, good day, good morning, whatever time of the day you're listening to this show. I want to thank you for listening. And I want to thank you for being a part of our community. I want to thank you for listening, whether you're listening on the radio, on a podcast. I don't care where you're listening or some friend sent you a a link. Whatever way you got this, I'm just glad you're listening. Listen to this show because it is designed to create greater wealth in your personal and professional life and have greater health and greater wisdom. And so I am grateful. That minute that I start with is called God's Minute, and it was created by Dr. Benjamin Mays, who was Martin Luther King Jr.'s mentor, and he helped Martin Luther King get a bigger vision for himself. And his impact was seen in a myriad of ways that Dr. King would refer to Dr. Mays as one of the people who helped to shape his thinking. God's minute, and we only have a minute, and I always start every show taking with that minute a moment to thank God for life and strength and health. I thank God for being able to have this radio opportunity. I thank God for being able to have access to some of the greatest thinkers in the world on the global perspective and and those who are willing to share some of their time their time their thinking and their insights with you now i want to take a moment right now to also and shout out our sponsor jollygoodnews.org jollygoodnews.org that is my new nonprofit organization that we have made a commitment to try and change the conversation to get some good news in the world in a time of 
bad news, sad news, false news, and negative news that is impacting people where people are so depressed that they take guns into their workplaces and shoot up their co-workers. They take guns along the highway because they're depressed. They need to get some good news. They need to win more. They need to know that they are valued. And so we need some good news rather than all the negative news. We got to get young people to be inspired so that they can live their best lives. We got to get older people to know that they have value and their future has a purpose. So Jolly Good News is the sponsor. We're going to put books into prisons. We're going to put videos into schools so that young people can be motivated. And we're going to do events around the country to inspire others that is possible. So go to jollygoodnews.org to become part of our community, to be part of our family. And if you want to make a donation, you can do that there. Well, we're going to make a difference by all coming together to help each other. Jollygoodnews.org. Join us in this effort. Now my guest today. I got I got something for you. I'm telling you folks, every one of you is going to want to share this audio, this message, this show. Tell your friends about it. I had the honor a couple uh, weeks ago to go to the US Black Chamber of Commerce annual meeting, their closing meeting. I was booked for the rest of the event, but I was able to slip in after doing my show to uh, the last day of the conference. It was held in National Harbor in Maryland and at the Gaylord, where is one of my clients. I'm very grateful for that uh, client. And so I was there and I got to hear an incredible session. The session was a session that focused on the life and work of the great entrepreneur and businessman, Reginald F. Lewis. He had a book that we have all, well, most of you have known about, Why Should White Guys Have All the Fun? And how he created a billion-dollar business empire. And the People who were on the stage were, were his wife and his co-writer in the book, Blair Walker. And his wife was phenomenal. Her thoughts were incredible. And I asked her, I got up and asked the question. I said, first of all, what did he read and what was his influences? But then, can you be on my XM show? And she said, I will be on it. So let me tell you, for those who might not, I can't imagine anybody might not know about him, but there's the possibility because there's a, a museum that's named for him in Maryland. He's also uh, has a law school named after him. He has entrepreneurial schools named after him. But for those who don't know about Reginald Lewis, let me tell you a little bit about him, and his, his wife can give us a little more detail. He was one of the richest African-American men in, in history, and he was the first African-American to build and own a billion-dollar company. TLC Beaches International Holdings. He was born in Baltimore, Maryland. He grew up uh, and went to Dunbar High School in Baltimore, went on to Virginia State where he got there on a football scholarship. 
But he didn't let football be his guiding light. He was a businessman even in college. He went on to Harvard Law School. It's a great story about how he even got to Harvard. Great story in the book. And then he went on after law school to be recruited by uh, the top New York law firm, Paul Weiss, Rifkert, Wharton, and Garrison. And he was there for a couple of years before starting his own firm where he was a corporate lawyer for 15 years in his own practice. But one day he decided to move to the other side of the table. And rather than sit on the side representing somebody, he was sitting on the side negotiating his own deal. And he was able to become the creator of TLC Group LP, a venture capital firm. His first major deal was the purchase of the McCall Pattern Company, a home sewing pattern business for $22 million, and he negotiated an incredible deal to get that done, and he read an article in Fortune magazine that gave him the impetus to even try. And from there, he was able to build that company and then sell it where he got a 90 to 1 return on his investment, his initial investment. He went on to do the biggest deal that an African-American had ever done, and he bought Beatrice International Foods. And he changed the name to TLC Beatrice International, and it became a billion-dollar empire. Unfortunately, he was stricken with brain cancer at the age of 50 and passed away, but he left a legacy. And his beautiful bride and his beautiful daughters are part of that legacy. So I'm honored to have his bride with us today, Miss Leota Lewis. Did I say it right, Miss Lewis? Loida. Loida. Loida Lewis. Mrs. Lewis, oh, such a joy to have you on with me today. The honor is mine, Dr. Willis. Thank you very much for having me. Well, you, you, uh, I gave them the thumbnail sketch about his life. Uh, what did, you know, there's a little bit more you can fill in. And then how y'all got together, how you met him. Tell a little more about the story that you shared at that conference. Okay, well, tell, tell a little bit more about him. I have so much to tell about him. He grew up but, in Baltimore. His parents, were, were they entrepreneurs? No, okay. So he grew up in Baltimore, but his father and mother separated. His mother left his father when he was five years old and went back to her parents, Grandpa, uh, Grandpa Sam, Samuel Cooper, and Grandma Sevilla Cooper. And so when she came in with him, five years old, into the house, the father already had eight children and adopted wow. two more, so they have ten children. Her mother was number three. So when he, she came in with another boy, the father started cursing. Blip, blip, blip. <laughs> another mouse to feed. <laughs> and so mom, the grandma said, send him upstairs, send him upstairs. And as he was going upstairs, it was very vivid in his five-year-old mind. His mother told his, her, his, his, his mother told her father, don't worry, Dad, we pay our way. And the next morning when he woke up, Mom was gone. Where's Mom? She was out working. Mm. So even at a young age, the value of hard work, of paying your way, you are responsible for your own self. 
That's the first lesson. Wow, that's ho-ho. Let's put a pin there. You are responsible for your own self. First lesson in becoming wealthy, be responsible. Take responsibility for your own success. Don't depend on somebody else to do it for you. You be responsible. Exactly. All right, so at five years old, that's it. Now, for five years, he stayed with his grandpa and grandma, and his mother, of course, but mother was working, working, working. And... What is valuable again is that all the 10 children of grandpa and grandma were out working. They didn't receive uh, welfare. No, they were out working. So the value of hard work. Mm, the value of hard work. Hard work. A, a okay. work ethic, yep. A work ethic, a very, very strong work ethic. And his grandpa fought in World War One, and guess where he was? In Paris. Ah. So as he was growing up, his father would tell him about France, about the things that he did in, Fra- in, in France, in Paris. And so from a young age, Mr. Lewis had already a, love, a francophone. He loved Paris. He loved France. Okay, so that's the other side because, yes, he was very, very um, focused, very determined, very driven, but he also knew how to have fun. Mm. He loved Paris. And when we were married, when we got married, I, we could not afford champagne, so I bought always a whole case of ginger ale. <laughs> when you got married, you couldn't afford champagne, so you got ginger ale. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Okay. Uh, okay. So, uh, so one of the things again that I wanted to tell, uh, I mean, tell. Well, I told the audience when he was. Six years old, taking a bath, his grandma was giving him a bath, and they were talking about how all the good jobs, how homes, good homes, you know, beautiful places, are not sold to African-Americans, but sold to white guys. Yes. And so when they looked at Reg, how will, you know, and so he said, yeah, why should white guys have all the fun? And that's Mm. the title of his book. Wow, that's where the title came from. Why should white guys have all the fun? How Reginald Lewis created a billion-dollar business empire. Wow, that is incredible. And folks, I'm telling you, if you have not read this book, Why Should White Guys Have All the Fun? It's a great picture of him on the front with a cigar in his hand and a big smile on his face. How Reginald Lewis created a billion-dollar business empire. And a new commemorative edition is out, and it's in a paperback. It's a beautiful book. Uh, I'm going to tell you shortly how you can get it, or you can get it online, but you want to read this book. My son, who's an attorney has read this book over and over again. He's now in development. He's become a developer. And he said, this book has changed him. I handed it to him one day years ago and said, this is a book you must read. You must read this book. And he took it and read it. And he says, it's one of those life-changing books. We're going to take a quick break for station identification and for a couple of commercials. And we'll be right back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. For sure, your best is yet to come. Afraid of flying I always get my dreams on the ground Life had enough ups and downs But Lord, since I've met you All this changed in the blink of an Bye. You could bring 
This is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I have a question for you. Have you ever wondered why some people can make a million dollars, lose it, make a second million, lose that, then make a third million, while other people can't even make ends meet? Well, the reason is that those people know the recipe for success. And that recipe is available to everyone if you will do what they did. They made a habit of getting positive, motivational resources of great thinkers and great learners. And I want to offer those same kind of resources to you. We've developed a free page on my website. It's wjspeaks.com slash gift. wjspeaks.com slash gift. On that site, we've got resources, books, audios to help you to grow and they're free. So go to wjspeaks.com slash gift. wjspeaks.com slash gift and get some of those resources and then share that page with your friends and your family members. We want to impact and inspire millions of people. And remember, if you enjoy this message on this podcast, like it, share it, and Post a review about it and make a difference in the lives of others by letting them know about it. Have a great day. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. your choice. It's about your attitude. See, my friend Keith Harrell wrote a book called Attitude is Everything, and he wasn't lying. Attitude truly is everything. It's about how you view things, how you perceive things, and how you go after things. Can you control the time? No. Can you control the weather? No. Can you control what other people say or do? No, no, no. You can only control you and your attitude, and your attitude to life determines your altitude in life. It's about your attitude. It's about your attitude. And we're back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly with my special guest. She is the wife, uh, uh, partner of uh, Reginald Lewis, the first African-American to run and own a billion-dollar company. Let me read a little bit. Mrs. Lewis is on the phone, but I'm going to read a little bit to you from the foreword from Richard Parsons, former uh, CEO of Citigroup, as well as uh, Time Warner. Several years ago, on the eve of Barack Obama's inauguration as the 44th president of the United States, I wrote a piece for USA Today entitled The Last First. 
with a question mark. The substance of that essay was that for the better part of the 20th century, Americans have been marking the advancement of African Americans by calling out a, a series of individual firsts. For example, Jack Johnson is renowned as the first black heavyweight champion of the world. Jackie Robinson as the first black to break into baseball's major leagues. Thurgood Marshall as the first black member of the United States Supreme Court, and so forth. With the election of Barack Obama at the highest office in the land, it was my I thought that perhaps we'd reach the end of the line and the attainment of the ultimate prize, the last first. But un, uh, upon rereading Why Should White Guys Have All the Fun, I realized that I had left out one towering figure out of my listing of significant firsts, Reginald F. Lewis, a true business pioneer and the first black man to create and run a multi-billion dollar business empire. The re-release of this important book affords me the opportunity to correct that oversight. And as you go through the book, you have one great entrepreneur after another. Uh, Kenneth Chenault talked about the impact his book and knowing Reginald Lewis had on his life. Uh, R. Donahue Peoples, the great real estate uh, uh, magnet. Uh, Bob Johnson, my friend who's been on this show, uh, founder of BET, talked about uh, that how Reginald Lewis changed his life and, and provided him a framework. And one after another says this book was the key. This guy's thinking was the key. So I'm encouraging everybody, just as I told my son, to go get a copy of the book. Why should white guys have all the fun? If you have have not read it, you need to read it. It's a commemorative edition. If you have read it, get the new version and read it. It will bless you and it will inspire you. So, Mrs. Lewis, we were talking about the fact that he, his uh, grandmother uh, and he were talking and he said, why can't we have those nice houses? And she, and she was telling him, well, they, they're not uh, sold to African-Americans. He said, well, why can't, why, why should white, have, white guys have all the fun? And that became the name of this book. Well, where did he go from there as a little boy? He went on to uh, grow up and go to Dunbar High School. I guess he played football there. That's what got him the scholarship. Is that correct? Right. Not, he not only played football, he was also the captain of the basketball team and um, and and uh, baseball. Wow. A great shortstop. Wow. Yes. So he was an athlete. And I think for men and women of color, it is good to have something that you succeed and you fail and you succeed. Right. You know, meaning to say you have the experience of working hard and winning. Mm. And so that's one thing I'd like to say. When he was seven years old, he asked his, his aunt, one of his aunts, not his mother, why did my mother leave my father? And his aunt said, because your father was not ambitious enough. Mm. So in his mind, his mind, when I get married, I'll make sure that my wife will never leave me because I'm not ambitious enough. Mm. So he had a goal. He had an ambition. And what was his ambition? To become the richest black man in America. Mm. So that's what I say to everyone. You must have a goal. Goal of five years, goal of one year. If you're a student, finish this and finish it good. Mm. Okay? If you're a, a professional, make, you know, where do you want to go in the job? Do you want to go to all the very the top? Do you want to head that division? You know, always have a goal. Because if you have a goal, you know where to go. <laughs> mm. If you don't have a goal then you will surely reach that goal. Nothing. <laughs> Woo! 
folks, did you hear that? If you have a goal, you will have something to shoot for and you will hit it. But if you don't have a goal, you will definitely hit that, which is nothing. Come on, somebody. I love this. Woo, this is great, good stuff. I hope y'all are writing these notes down as I am. Mrs. Lewis, keep sharing this stuff because this is good information. All right, so what does it mean for him to become the richest black man of America? In his mind, is to be a lawyer, all right? Because it seems, for him, that's the way to go. And so what did he do when he was in, uh, okay, so he got his scholarship, he was accepted that, you know, they are, they are not, I mean, they didn't have the money to go to, to pay the, so he was so happy to get the scholarship at Virginia State University playing football. But just in the first year, he hurt his right shoulder. And, you know, if you're a quarterback, for your right shoulder to be, <clears throat> to be, to be injured, you're gone. Right. So he lost his scholarship that first year. Mm. So did they say, all right, I have to go home? No. You, you know, sometimes one door closes, a window opens. Yes. So he said, I'm going to concentrate on my studies, and I'm going to work. So he arranged his schedule so that Monday, Wednesday, Friday, he's in school. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, he is out working. And what did he do? He worked, he was able to get a job with a photographer who does picture taking of schools. You know that, you have a son growing up. You know, somebody would come, kindergarten, all right, if you buy this and that, you pay this. If you only buy this one, you know. So, So that's what he did. He would plan the day before where he's going, how many schools are there, and he would try to hit it. And he was so successful in giving job to the owner of the photographer of the studio, that he was offered a partnership. Wow. But he said, nope, I have better plans. Thank you very much, but no. So that's how he earned his living uh, while he was in college. And he saw to it, his mother told him, be sure your grades are there and that you you owe no income. So every now and then he would go to the treasurer's office and say, all right, how much do I owe? How are my grades? So that he finished it in four years. Wow. You know how some people, really nilly-willy, here and there, yep. you finish yep. college in five years, six years, six and a half. But he finished it in four years. Wow. Now, this, wow. Is, this is what changed his life. He went from being an athlete who uh, was primed to get through on a full scholarship to hurt his shoulder and then say, okay, now what do I do? They took the scholarship away. What do I do now? And he went to work. And he worked his way through school by selling uh, photography uh, deals to schools. And that is how he paid his way through school. And that sounds like uh, he turned that setback into a comeback. And for those who know my, my book, A Setback is a Setup for a Comeback, I say that that's one of the keys to your future. You're going to have setbacks. You're going to have things that don't work out the way you plan. But you've got to be resourceful. You've got to be resilient. And you've got to be willing to work hard and outwork everybody. And if you do, you can turn your setbacks into incredible comebacks. Now, I mentioned uh, in, the, in the early part that he went to Harvard Law School. But how he got there is one of the most amazing stories in the book. Tell us how that happened, Mrs. Lewis. All right. This was in 1960s. He was going to graduate 
1965. But you know, the civil rights movement, Martin Luther King and all that, is all over the news. Right. Okay? So, what did Harvard Law School do? They cannot run and, you know, put placards on. So, uh, Frank, Professor Frank Sanders, who escaped from Germany, his family escaped from Germany when he was 12, because the, you know what happened in Germany, the, the uh, genocide of the, uh, of, of the Jewish people. Yes. So Frank Sanders in Harvard thought of how will we help black people to reach economic equality. Yes. And he said, let us, there are no, no, no not too many lawyers, not too many black uh, uh, lawyers. Right. So right. why don't we have a summer program and introduce them to the law. Mm. And so they had a summer program at Harvard Law School in the summer of 1965. Uh -huh. And so you are not supposed to apply for that if you are a senior, only junior students, so that the junior students can come back and talk about what happened at Harvard Law School. Right. So they wrote a letter to all the HSB, the uh, black, no, historically black university colleges and universities. Right. Send us your four students, junior or, or sophomore, for eight weeks of, of summer class in Harvard Law School at Cambridge, free. You don't have to pay a thing except mm. your, your uh, transportation. Yes. So everything will be free. And immediately when Reginald Dewey saw that on the bulletin, he started to plan, I will have to be the number five because he was already graduating. Right. And so... Occasionally, the the professor who said that no, no, Reg, you know, you're 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 not included. But he went to that professor every day, and showed him his grades, showed him a, a, a newspaper. You know, he hounded him every day. So the professor, oh, all right, I'll put your name in. And so he was number five. So wow. again, the determination. That's where I want to go. I will get in there. And how do you get in there? You pound the door of mm. that professor, and he got in. Pound so, the door. Well, yes. Go after what you want. Be persistent. You know, that's why I'm always saying set a goal. Set a goal for yourself. He is going to Harvard Law School, and that's what he told his classmate, I mean roommate, okay? He told his roommate, I'll be there, and he did. He went there. Wow. Now, Hold on one second. Hold that thought, because here's what I want to make sure people get. First, folks, she, she dropped some pearls on you for that are powerful. One, she said he was willing to pound the door of the professor to say, I've got to go, and the guy turned him down. But I believe that persistence breaks down resistance. So you've got to pound, talk, don't give up. It's, I know people will tell you no, but don't give up. Keep trying to set your goal and do what you got to do. As I told my granddaughter the other day about her education, she said it's tough to go back to school, Pop, and it's tough to get this. I said, okay, but you know what? You got to do whatever it takes. Get it done. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after station identification. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways Show. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I got an email from a gentleman in Australia who shared how he had been struggling in his business, and he bought some of my books and audios, and how it had a profound impact on his business, and he went from worst to first in his company. I shared with him how much I appreciated his 
note, but I told him those books, those audios, those videos were not just something that I just thought up one day and started to write. They were born out of my experiences, out of the challenges of overcoming the problems and the difficulties and how I was able to do it. And I shared with him that Others have sent similar messages and that these resources work. I want to encourage you and invite you to go to my store. Go to wjspeaks.com slash shop. wjspeaks.com slash shop. Get some of the books. It only takes a minute to change your life. Or a setback is a setup for a comeback. Or turn setbacks into greenbacks. Or chicken soup for the soul. Or an attitude of excellence. Or the book I wrote with my wife after 34 years of being married and not having an argument in over 30 years. We wrote a book called Make Love, Make Money, Make It Last. And now it is saving marriages all over the globe. Go to the store. Get some of the audios, the videos the books, the resources to help you have greater personal and professional success. This is Dr. Willa Jolly. Make this a great day on purpose. And we are back. We are back. For those who don't know, this is Dr. Willie Jolly. If you're not on my newsletter, you need to be on my newsletter so you can get updates and you can get the notes from my shows and the people I interview and the life lessons that I share from those interviews. Go to wjspeaks.com slash gift. wjspeaks.com slash gift so that you can get the newsletter as well as some gifts, some books, some ebooks, some audios from some of the great people who I've interviewed and also you now have the option of getting access to these interviews on my podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, Spotify, and C-Suite Radio, where the C-Suite goes to get their information. We are trying to reach you and encourage people all over the world as many ways as we can. Radio, television, podcast, every which way I can reach people to inspire them, to let them know that their best is yet to come. Well, my guest today is the wife of the renowned business icon, uh, the the first African-American man to own and run a billion-dollar industry with TLC Beaches International, Reginald Lewis. We have a Reginald Lewis Museum in Baltimore. We have a Reginald Lewis Law School uh, at Harvard. We have a, a Reginald Lewis School of Entrepreneurism at Virginia State. He is an icon who has impacted so many others. So many of the people who write about him in the beginning of the new book say, if it hadn't been for him, I would not have thought it was possible for me to do what I do. Wow. Wow. Mrs. Lewis, thank you for being my guest today. Tell us a little more. He went to Harvard Law School uh, without uh, uh, applying because he, he was persistent to get in on the uh, summer program. And then how did he go f- that once he got through the summer program, they must have saw something in him. What happened? How did he get into Harvard Law School? Okay. So he said, he had, I have eight weeks. And he told himself, I can stand on my head for eight weeks, meaning to say, I am to give this all. Every lesson, he would be ready. And every um, class, you know, he would see to it that he could, he could raise his hand and speak. All right? And the best was the moot court. Moot court is like you're in a courtroom. Somebody is a defendant. Somebody is for the defendant. The prosecutor will prosecute. And, you know, a moot court, meaning to say a, a make-believe that you are in court. Yes. 
And Professor Frank Sanders again said, Reginald Lewis, when I asked him, Reginald Lewis was so brilliant that I had to make an exception because Harvard Law School said, let all these 60 people come. That's how many there were. Yes. But it's not that they are going to enter Harvard Law School. We just want to expose them to the law, to corporate law, criminal law, civil law, administrative law, you know, state and trust, so that they will have an idea. It's not so bad. Maybe I'd like to be a lawyer. But there, it is not an entry into Harvard Law School. So that was the law. Uh-huh. That was the rule. But Reginald Lewis was so brilliant that Frank Sanders himself petitioned the head of the admission committee of Harvard Law School. You have to get him in. And so, okay, but, but in the book, Mr. Lewis said, I worked so hard that in the end it didn't matter. I gave it my all. I gave it my all. And so let the chips fall where they may. And so the eight weeks finished, he went back home. But guess what? In one week, he got a call from Harvard Law School. Mr. Lewis, you are in the class of the Harvard Law School, class of 68. He got in. He got in. Wow. And wow. guess what? When he arrived, they said, all right, fill up this application. He didn't even fill up an application on the strength of his performance during those eight weeks and the recommendation of Frank Sanders, Professor Frank, he got in without applying. Wow. I had heard that story. I wondered how he got in. I saw that written, how he got into Harvard Law School without applying. Well, he went on to Harvard. He did wonderfully with Harvard. And then he went on from Harvard to get immediately hired by a law firm. Am I right? Yes. Her, um, uh, Paul Weiss, Rifkin, Wharton, and Garrison, you know, the blue shoe, top yes. of the line. Top of the law line firm. law firm in New York law City. Firm. Yes, yes. All right, but you know, you go to a law firm, this hard work, I mean, this, this um, blue shoe, all right? You have to work hard, but if you will not be able to make partners, they will tell you. Why? Because they don't want to take advantage of your hours. You work 14 hours, 15 hours a day. And then for eight years, and then they tell you, sorry, you can't be a partner. So I guess they told, not I guess, Mr. Lewis told me in two years, they told him, you know, uh, you know, we will, no, he didn't say you will not be partner. Reg, you know, we have talked it over, but we will recommend you to a university in Connecticut to teach. See how low their expectation was? Of wow. Wow. So he said, no, thank you. But. One of the partners there uh, was very, very kind to him. He said, whatever you need, you're going out on your own, because that's what he said. I will establish my own law firm. Take whatever you need, because, you know, precedents, meaning papers of how to incorporate, blah, 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 blah. So he said, whatever you need, here is my file. Make copies, and they're yours. Wow. So, wow. See, when you succeed... You don't succeed all by yourself. People will help you if you are good and you are kind, and they see that you have a goal. Yes. So it's always important to have a goal. Amen. They saw, they saw that in him. He's going to establish his own law firm. And thank God there was a foundation that wanted to support black law firms. Yes. And they said, okay, you have one year. We will support everything, give you a salary, well, give you the space, give you the uh, office. And you have to establish yourself within one year. 
And so for one year, he had his law firm, Wallace, Murphy, Thurp, and Lewis. And they were funded by this foundation. But after one year, you're on your own. So Mr. Lewis was hustling like mad. Okay? And during that first year, I was already working because I told him, I'm a lawyer. In 1974, I passed the bar without studying in the United States. Right. By this time, y'all were married. We were married already. We married in 69. All right. Got it. Okay. Okay? Yes. By 74, I had one child, and the United States Supreme Court said, citizenship of the U.S., you don't have to be an American citizen to take the bar. Take that off. As long as you have the law school that is accepted by the bar, you can take the bar. And University of the Philippines College of Law is acceptable to New York Bar Association. Wow, and so that's one of the hardest bars in the, in, the, in the country is the New York yes. Bar. My yes. son took that, so I know it's hard. Right. So I took it and I passed it. And so I told my husband, I want to work. And so I was working. And what happened? Mr. Lewis, on his own, okay, by this time, had to build up a law firm. Yes. And so I would write a check and to buy pork chops, and it would bounce because I had insufficient funds. Because I told <laughs> him, we divide ourselves. You take care of the big things, mortgage. You take care of uh, school education, vacation time. I will take care of household. Yes. And so for the first few years, I ha we had a difficult time. So it, was a it was so a struggle. From what I read, it was, I, it was a struggle. Like you exactly. said, you had to get uh, ginger ale to celebrate, and yes. you didn't have food sometimes. <laughs> yes. You only had uh, just no, no, enough. No. We, we always had food because I had a relationship with the butcher. Ah, good. Okay. <laughs> so I would give him a check. It would bounce. You know, I got my pork chop, and then I'll give it back to him. Please redeposit it, and it will be okay. All right. But believe me, Dr. Willie, I had around one inch, one inch, because after you did, at that time, when you deposit the check the second time and it bounced, they will give it back to you. Right. Okay, so I have one inch of insufficient funds checks that the bank returned to me. Right. So what I'm telling your audience is that you will face difficulties, you will take failures, but failure is just another name for success. You just keep going, as Mr. Lewis did. Mm. Keep going no matter what. And right. so, after two years, he had a very successful uh, law practice. And in fact, one big case that he settled together with John Scotty, who was uh, deputy mayor then, but in private practice, we got a big, big bonus. Mr. Lewis was paid handsomely, and we bought our first house wow. in a, a brownstone in Manhattan. Wow. So then he was ready for, the, for making a change. What made him decide, okay, I've had enough of this, uh, struggling at this for 15 years with this uh, private practice. It's time to get on the other side of the table. What made him decide that? Well, yes. You know, we had a very comfortable life, a brownstone in Manhattan. We had a summer house in East Hampton. He was driving, uh, 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 you know, 450 SL Mercedes top-down you know, we had two children, very comfortable middle class. Yes. But as a practicing lawyer representing clients, you know, at the end of closing, he would be given a, a hard time. 
to be paid. Yes. You see, you've got to pay the piper. So sometimes they would quarrel. No closing unless you pay me. That's one. Number two, he would represent Aetna, you know, big companies. And then there would be a change of general counsel in that company. You're back to zero. Wow. Hey, send me your, you know, after working for five years, you're no longer special counsel, back to zero. Yes. This is not the way to live. I'm always, you know, I always have to prove myself. Yes. And he knew from Harvard Law School that mergers and acquisitions, in fact, that was his honors grade. He got a very good grade on the third year of law school by his term paper. And the first sentence of that is, in order to be wealthy, you have to do merger and acquisition, or something like that. Mm. Meaning to say, buying companies, acquiring companies, merging companies is the way to become wealthy. So after 14 years of, 10 years of practice, I have to buy a company. And the first company was Park Sausages, owned by a black man. Yes. You all know, those who are old enough among your listeners, you know that, in the, the, that advertisement, more Park Sausages, more, please. Right, right. Okay, for $3 million. Uh-huh. He had the money, $3 million. He went to the owner of Park Sausages. But, sorry, Reg, we sold it to somebody else. Wow. First failure. Failure. Second failure, he continued looking at the company, and he identified a, seri a, a, um, a series of radio stations, okay? Again, he was trying to get the financing together. He lost it. It was wow. sold to somebody else. Wow. And the third one was a furniture company in California. He would fly to California every week to visit the owner, to get friendly with the employees. I mean, not employees, the top employees. Yes. Got, got, got to know the wife, got to know the daughter. So the daughter wanted to job in New York. He was able to find a job for her. The wife had a birthday party, sent flowers. A birthday, sent flowers to the wife. So finally, the owner said, all right, I'll sign. You can buy it. $8 million. Uh, working... Um, Hold that thought. Under. Hold that thought. I'm going to come right back. I want the rest of the story. Folks, y'all got to hear the last part of this because it's powerful. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. And for sure, your best is yet to come. Call me. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and people often ask, how did I go from a broke, busted nightclub singer to become a best-selling author and to be voted one of the outstanding five speakers in the world by the 175,000 members of Toastmasters International? The answer is that I decided to invest and change my thinking, invest in my mindset, and decided to change my inputs because inputs determine outputs. I heard about a seminar years ago when I was just getting started. I was making about $100 a speech. And I heard this seminar that was creating millionaires, and it cost $10,000, but the guy was getting results. I didn't have that kind of money, but I decided to borrow it because I learned that there's a price for success, the price of college, the price of going to school, the price of education. There's a price for success, and then there's a cost for not paying the price, the cost of staying the same. And that cost is greater than the price. It's too expensive. And so I went, and it changed my life. And I came back and quickly made $100,000. I heard a similar story from Dr. Dave Martin, how he went to a success rally, heard a speaker who inspired him. He and his friend said, wow, that's changed my life. The speaker had a package of materials to help build wealth. The package cost $1,500. 
And that was all the money Dr. Dave had to his name. Dr. Dave's friend asked, do you think this stuff is worth it? Dr. Dave thought for a moment. He said, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. But I do know that I'm worth it. I'm worth it. He invested that money in that package and used the materials to grow his thinking. He grew his mindset. He shared how that $1,500 investment has gone on to generate millions in revenues. He's a multimillionaire. And he has homes now in Arizona and Florida. I want to say to you, it's time to invest in you. I want to give you some materials that will help you grow you, grow your mindset, grow your future, grow your finances. Go to wjspeaks.com billionaire wjspeaks.com slash billionaire to get some materials that will inspire your success and help you find that there's a price for success, but there's a cost for not paying the price. And the cost is always greater than the price. Go to wjspeaks.com slash billionaire and get the bag, the box, or any of the materials there and keep growing your wealth. And remember, as a man thinketh, so as he is, and your best is yet to come. Jolly, my special guest, Mrs. Lewis, the wife, uh, the widow, I guess you would say, of Reginald Lewis, but she speaks with such respect of this man because he was such a powerful force. And he's t- she's telling how he went from failure to failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. And that's something that Winston Churchill said. Those who are successful can go from failure to failure to failure and never lose enthusiasm. And that's what he did. So he was at the third place. He sent the lady flowers. He sent, he got the daughter a job. He was doing everything to help them know. He went out there every week or every month to visit, to develop a relationship. What happened, Mrs. Lewis? So so at the day of closing, he was able to get him to sign a contract of sale. So day of closing, the man had a contract to work for Reginald Lewis for three years. You know, that's part of the contract. He's been running it for 16 years. Don't go away. See to it that it's successful. And he had a change of heart. So on the day of closing with $8 million in the bank to be transferred, he told a lie. He said, Reg Lewis wanted me to keep two books, one for the IRS and one for ourselves, which was a lie. Mm. So can you imagine, you know, as hard-driven and as hard-working as Lewis What? You bleep, bleep, bleep. <laughs> oh, God. The bleep, bleep, bleep came here and there and here and there, and the deal broke. Wow. You knew there was no deal. So Mr. Lewis was brokenhearted, as close to a nervous breakdown as possible. Wow. But he said, he told himself, I have failed three times. I must be doing something wrong. And this is what I want to tell your audience. Yes, for me, it was racism. But he said, I am doing something. Instead of pointing his finger, my lawyers didn't do this, blah, 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 my partner, whatever. Three fingers are forget at you. You're doing something wrong. What am I doing something wrong? So he looked at all the successful 
leverage by art artists, Henry Kravis, Sergey McDowell-Smith, Ron Perelman, they all bought companies on the leverage buyout, meaning borrowing money. And so he understood. All of them had hired another lawyer. He was using his own law firm. Mm. All of them was hiring an investment banker. He was his own investment banker. All of them hired a, an outside accountant. They, so on the next time the deal came on, McCall Pattern Company, he hired, he hired Burst Stearns as his, as his uh, investment banker. He hired Deloitte & Touche as his accountant, and he hired another firm as his lawyer. So all of them were helping him close the deal, and he closed McCall Pattern Company for $22 million. Wow. He worked on it for three years, created another line of business, uh, greeting cards, he dealing with sewing. So and I love that. They would make patterns during the day, and while people were overnight, he transformed it so that they could do greeting cards at night and, and use 24 hours to make everything profitable. And he Correct. Built and the third one, the third one, patterns to create crochet. You know, wow. you crochet, you need patterns. Yes. Uh, you need instruction, so he printed that too. Wow. And so McCall Pattern Company is an old company, 113 years, and it had the highest net income during the time of Mr. Lewis. Wow. And that's why he was able to sell it for a 92-1 return. He sold it for $62 million, but during the three years, he refinanced again, okay, because he was pay able to pay down that. He refinanced again for $18 million, and then he sold. Why do you need the real estate? He sold for sale leaseback. You know what that means? Yes. You sell, you sell the land, and then you lease it back to the company. Wow. So all of that together, he had a $90 to $1 return. Wow. $90 to $1 return. He was on his way. Well, then he went for the big deal. Okay. During all this time, he would always go and was invited by a friend who was working for Mike Milken in California the Drexel Burnham Lumber Investment Banker. Yes. So, so he knew uh, Mike Milken, you know, because he was there four years, three years, you know. So when he had, when this deal came on, and he was in the New York Times, 92-1 return, that's the, and his picture, Mike Milken gave him a call. Wow. All right? Six o'clock in the morning, because that's what they do. They, yes. they you know, um, uh, Mike Milken wakes up early, Calls Reg. Reg, congratulations. Tell me about this deal. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. All right. Why don't you come over and we'll give you a bigger bat to hit with? All wow. right. Fine. I'm coming. And so, you know, Mr. Lewis called me up because we had a, we had a brownstone, five stories. Yes. He called me up on the top floor. Guess what? Mike Milgan just called me. I just made so much money. And he said, I'll give you a bigger bat. To hit with. Yes. Sure enough, sure enough, that was Beatrice Foods International for $1 billion. Woo! And he got it done. You, and you said one thing I'll never forget it that you said some days he'd have all sorts of fights and all sorts of challenges and all sorts of difficulties and all sorts of adversity. And he'd come home and he, you said, and I supported him. And why was that? Okay, look. 
Okay, as you can see, I am a, a, a type A, all right? right? I am myself, you know, I was top 10% in my graduating class. I was a senator in the student council. I campaigned hard twice. I was a top-grossing senator in our lo local university, okay? But when I met Reg Lewis, he was just so different. I know he will be the man in the house because I'm so strong. I promised myself I'll never marry. Because I'm going to handpick all of my whoever I marry in the Philippines. Yes. Mr. Lewis was just different. He was more driven than I am, more ambitious than I am, more far-reaching, a visionary. So I, I fell in love with him, and I married him in seven months after a blind date. Wow. All right. So now what is my function? My function is not to change him. You know, why will I change him? Why did I marry him? He is like that. So in my mind... When he comes home and he's, you know, he curses and he's sing sing, why would I counter? When he comes home, he's fighting dragons and monsters outside. When he comes home, there should be no monster in the house. Amen. Come on, all right? so Instead of saying, where have you been? I've been waiting for you all night. Instead, why? I do say it. Darling, have you eaten? Darling, do you want a massage? All right? Be the oasis. For your man who goes out and fights for you. You are a team. He's out there fighting. When you come home, be the oasis. Be the woman. Be the cherish, cherisher, you know. Cherish your man. Love him. Because you, too, are out there to conquer the world. Wow, it's the two of you as a partnership. Folks, that's what I wanted y'all to hear because you, many people know my wife and I have written a book called Make Love, Make Money, Make It Last, and it's a marriage book. We are partners, and she does the same. She's got my back. She works with me, and I know I go out there and I fight the battles, and when I come home, she supports me and has done it over these last uh, 34 years of marriage and, and uh, 38 years of being together, uh, dating and so forth. And so I love that when you said it. Well, where can people get the book, Mrs. Lewis? Where can they get you the book? You can order it from Amazon.com. Amazon. It's still available. It's still available in all format. You know, the first printing is over, okay? Yes. They, yeah. It's not printed anymore by John Wiley and Sons. So I went to Black Classic Press in Baltimore. Paul Coates uh, agreed to print it, okay? Yes. Because all books of African-Americans that are out of print, he prints. That's why it's called Black Classic Press. Right. But he has a distributor, and they have it on Amazon.com. But for those of you who would want to order it directly from Black Classic Press, you know, go do it. BlackClassicPress.com. Black Classic Press. Well, Mrs. Lewis, you have been phenomenal. What a story. What a love story. And what an honor to have you, the wife of America's first African-American owner of a billion-dollar empire, to be my guest. You are a model for so many about how to be a, a partner with a husband who is trying to support and, and take care of his family at the highest level. Last thing you said, or you said this, and as we close, we got about a minute left in the interview. You said, we started with ginger ale, because that's all we could afford. And we had the non-sufficient checks. But one day, we had Dom Perion, and we flew in a private jet. Am I right? That's correct. 
Private Jet RL 601, uh, <laughs> Canadian Challenger. Oh, Mrs. Lewis, you are a joy. You are a, a honor to have you. You are a priceless uh, gem in our world. And I want to thank you and your daughters for keeping the legacy of Reginald Lewis alive. And I'm grateful for it. Now you being part of my community, my network, and a friend of Willie Jolly, and anything I can do for you, please don't hesitate to call. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Really Jolly. Oh. It is an honor for me to be interviewed by you. Thank you. Thank you. Folks, God bless. God, God bless, bless you. God bless you. Folks, you, you've heard it. I want you to get the book, Why Should White Guys Have All the Fun by Reginald F. Lewis and Blair Walker. And I want to thank Ms. Lewis. And I want to thank all of you for listening. Tell everybody about this interview. Go uh, uh, to podcast, Get it and listen again and again to the life lessons she shared. And finally, make it a part of your legacy to leave a legacy that other people can talk about once you're gone that they'll know you came this way. Go to WillieJolly.com or WJSpeaks.com. And again, my sponsor, JollyGoodNews.org. We want to change the world with some positive information. We want to change the world with some uplifting information. Jollygoodnews.org O-R-G is a non-profit and go and be a partner. A donate. Make a donation there that we can put books in prisons to inspire those who are there so they can leave and never go back. Uh, audios and videos in schools so kids will be inspired not to be negative and not to shoot up their friends and information in the world to help people know that they can win and not lose. This is Dr. Willie Jolly and for Sure, your best is yet to come. Have a great week. Are you tired of crying and complaining? Tired of feeling like life don't treat you fair? Do you see so many others moving on? Are you steady going nowhere? Have you maybe come to the conclusion? There's nothing at all that you can do Well, just look in any mirror and you'll see Who is really, truly stopping you Well, I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode And I hope you got something of great value And I hope that you were inspired, you were motivated You were empowered and you were encouraged to live your best life. I hope this information and this inspiration will help you to do more, be more, and to achieve more. That's the goal why I started this program, and I hope it helped you in a mighty way. Now, I ask you to make sure and that you take full advantage of all the resources that came through this program. I hope you go to wjspeaks.com slash gift and get some of the free resources that we have there for you. I hope you go to wjspeaks.com slash shop to get some of the books that we have created, that we've labored over to make sure that they will deliver a powerful message to you. I hope you go to willyjolly.com slash billionaire. WillieJolly.com slash billionaire or WJSpeaks.com slash billionaire to get the box that it will inspire your whole family or get the bag of books. Make this a great day, a great week, a great month. And remember, it is true that you are blessed and all things are possible 
for them that believe. So make the most of the belief that you have now in your future. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. Have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.